sponsored by the Beautiful Game Network podcast. You can find everything about that over at bgn.fm on the interwebs or at the bgn.fm uh, on Twitter. Um, and we're live from YouTube, which is the thing that we do uh, now every Tuesday nights again, back to our old time slot, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the United States, which would be uh, 10 Atlantic Standard, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific, give or take a couple minutes. All of us need to get our lives in order before we do this, kind of. Uh, I'm your host, as always, as most of the time, as sometimes, uh, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, as well as your favorite cheesemonger's favorite cheesemonger, Evan Wallace. And for the next hour, an hour and a half or so, I will be your host, moderator, or maybe even facilitator of a conversation of the United Soccer League Championships opening week of the 2019 season. Joining me, uh, they are sometimes my soccer acquaintances, sometimes my soccer companions, but they're always, in fact, my soccer friends. First, uh, Wavy's man, the St. Louis Metropolitan Area, the cream in your Irish coffee. It is my dear friend, Phil Grooms. Phil, what's happening? Oh, not a lot. A little uh, flying by the seat of my pants. I just uh, got the kids in bed and barely made it here. Right I'm about to Hey, do... man, congratulations on your opening weekend victory. Hey, thanks. It's uh, it's great. I guess it's yeah. kind of a thing for St. Louis. So I it hope, is. I, I hope, saw that today. Yeah, I hope that's the only tradition we keep going this year. Fair I hope, enough. I hope we uh, we'll talk about, we'll, blow we'll all the others out of the water. We'll see. We'll talk about it. Uh, also joining me, our uh, non-international international correspondent, um, your favorite college student. That sounds weird. I won't say that ever again. Uh, Ryan Allen. Ryan, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Not doing much. Just got back from spring break. See? That's that's a very apropos answer. Uh, also, um, it is the one man that continuously baffles the USL front office confirmed. Um, your favorite stat pony, uh, our, our California native pony. Hey, just recovering from daylight savings week still. Mm. Feel that. You get a whole week of daylight savings? It feels like it lasts a whole week. Mm. So is that like you... <laughs> Uh, I'm not good enough at math for this. Every every day is like a you get a 10-minute change in your clock, basically. We could do that. Also, yeah. just make the move ahead be like 4 o'clock on Friday afternoon. Oh, yeah. Just do it a little early every... That's not a bad idea. I like that. I like that idea a lot. I think we can subvert. I'm gonna cre- We should create an app that just yeah, slowly does together. that with your phone. I, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just prepares you for it. <laughs> and, uh, and last but certainly not least... Uh, Kevin McCamish, here we go. Kevin McCamish, here we go. Uh, it's the uh, it's the biggest man in the beautiful game that we're podcast. Uh, our cross between Chuck Polinick and Elliot Smith. It is uh, big Kev, Kevin McCamish. How's it going, everybody? Well, good man. I uh, I'm glad that people get that I'm using a uh, not not a not a Timbers Army specific, but a Timbers Army chant nonetheless. Whenever I say that, it's fine. Respect. It's, thank you. Thank you. I, I have some of the I have some of the PTFC hymnal. Um, guys, I don't know if if you know this. I don't know if the people that are joining us live on the YouTube's YouTube.com backslash the USL show hit that subscribe button, hit that hit that bell. We're also available Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify now, which is really cool. Tweeted that out. St. Luligans had some banter. I appreciated it. <laughs> but uh, there was some soccer played this week. Finally, finally some soccer, and uh, we're going to talk about it. I don't know where we want to start. Do we want to do, um, I don't know, in order that they happened? Is that a thing? I don't have that that in front of me. It's going to be a little difficult. But if someone wants to tell me. Do you want me to just run down the scores? Um, 
Well, now let's like let's start on Friday and then just kind of move from there. And if people have thoughts, then we can do that. Sounds good. Oh, we're gonna do every game. Is that what you're saying right well, now? Well, I mean, we have, or do we want to just start with one person and and oh, talk I see. about the games they want to talk about and then move on? No, I think you're right. I think yeah. We gotta like Phil. We gotta at least you know I mean, mention all the games that happen, even if we're not like gonna go 30, in depth on all of them. There's there's so many of them. I know, but that's not our. Well, I mean, week. it's our problem, but that's not a bad problem to have. And oh. you know, just because you didn't mention, hey, Jake, you know, this is this is enough content for us at the <laughs> beginning of last year. It doesn't mean that you know you have to saddle us with your burden of not wanting to do it now. Listen, man, you called me two weeks ago and we're like, oh, no, we're doing the USL show, not Eastern Conference Confidential. And I said, I quit. Oof. I quit. And you were like, I, uh, no, just stay. And I said, OK. That one, that's a deep cut, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling out the skeletons. In man. case you didn't All know. Right. Now, you know. Now, you know. Um, and Ryan, we had 17 uh, games in the first week. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. I, uh, I, I still think it's weird that there's teams that like get a buy the first week. I do too. I think that's sad. I feel bad for them. Like what Charlotte's one Pittsburgh of them. Pittsburgh and Charlotte. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Charlotte. And Charlotte. Why did they just play each other? Why not? Right. right. Pittsburgh was busy losing to TFC too. Spoiler alert. Ouch. You think Toronto FC two put up a banner for that one? <laughs> Do you think no? IX put up a banner for theirs? Do you I mean, I know the Indianapolis Colts put up some funny banners. I don't know. Do you think TFC's two's coach said U- USL? Why didn't you put this on your website? Mm, probably, probably, maybe, maybe. <laughs> the championship is is kind. It is kind of fun. Alan, it is. <laughs> it is kind of fun. Uh, we we vaguely enjoy it. Anyway. Oh, it's good to be back, boys. It's good to be back. Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights. The best nights. Feels good. I, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah, we're selling cars and doing podcasts about soccer and cars. <laughs> well, we should jump in. We might as well start with the first game. Tacoma Defiance, yeah. Rio Grande, Valle, Toros, FC. It's a long name. Before we go in, I at least want to say the USL ship, the USL did put that result up on their website. Oh, uh, okay. okay. It is there. Uh, yeah, the TFC2 result is indeed there. I'm impressed. Yeah. Friday, March 8, Tacoma 1, RGV FC nil. Next Defiance game. pick up three points, baby. Defying expectations. Hey, they get that rebrand uh, momentum. <laughs> Take home those three points. Yeah. Uh, the Defiance has a million kids, and that's what I was watching for. And mm-hmm. they weren't like necessarily super incredible looking. I would say RGV kind of had their stuff together more than de- the Defiance, but the Defiance kind of had a scrappy goal, and, and they won, and that happens. Did you guys kind of feel the same way about that? Ryan, I know you watched it. Yeah, I watched it just as a tradition. I always watch the first USL match of the year. And like Pony was saying on Twitter, this is probably be the most we'll ever care about Tacoma and RGV this season. In fact, oh. these two sides played each other at this or played on the first day of last season. And I'm thinking it should be a new USL tradition that these two teams should play on the first day, a la the Cowboys on uh, Thanksgiving. But yeah, I thought this was a good game. In for uh, Tacoma, they really held their own with RGV getting 17 shots. 
points total, but they only had two on targets. It was inefficient from them, or just they played stellar defense from Tacoma. I mean, RGV had 14 of their shots inside the box. And definitely, it was just a cold and rainy night. So it was, I can understand it being difficult to do much of anything with this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, RG, RGV, true to you know their club's form, they were just looking to counterattack. It's what they do every year, pretty much, it seems like. And, um, you know, the kids are sitting there trying to play possession soccer, and sometimes they paid for it, not not doing too well playing out of the back. But sometimes they looked good and had some decent chances. Um, I feel like their midfield's pretty strong, and the attackers just, you know, they weren't quite as good as far as attackers versus defense. I mean, for sure, this isn't anything to take away from RGV because they still had 17 shots on there. It's just it seemed inefficient that they could only get two shots on target the entire night. And yeah. just Tacoma was able to play up. And it seemed like they were ready for the season beginning or maybe just more used to the climate because it was raining in 36 for the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big name on this one, just uh, before we move on, is Danny Leva did a really good job against Portland. He played 90 minutes with the senior team, with the Sounders, and he's 15 because uh, there was an injury, and they threw him in, and, and he seemed to have done pretty well, and I thought he looked fine in this game. Um, so just watch 15-year-old Danny Leva playing with a bunch of older kids, older people, doing fine. Quit making me feel old. <laughs> he's an American. So. Yay, Ryan feels old. I'm yeah. glad that Ryan finally feels old now that kids are playing. <laughs> Ding. That means I win. That, that means my point is correct. Um, New York 3, Swift Park Rangers won Saturday, March 9, in a rematch of the uh, what was it, the 2016 USL Cup Final. <laughs> correct. Brilliant. Uh, Tom Barlow uh, gets a brace. Marcus Epps uh, scores one in the middle there for New York Red Bull 2. Felipe Hernandez in the 44th minute for Swope Park. Um, if, if this is how things are going to go, uh, for Swope Park in the Eastern Conference this year, they're in for, uh, a long year. It was bad. It was uh, not great. Um, <laughs> it, it showed, I think Swope Park has less and less veterans in the last couple of years. Um, yes. Haji Berry's gone. Um, I forgot what country it went to. I feel like it's somewhere in, um, the Nether- in um, Scandinavia. But, um, mm. yeah, they didn't look too good, and they, they were pressed high, and they had a lot of trouble playing out of the back. So, it, like, Swope Park doing badly out of the back versus the New York Red Bulls. Any Red Bulls team is not a good combination, and it showed. Quick Google says Haji Berry went to Israel. Israel, oh. pardon me. Yeah. Close to Scandinavia. I miss him. I was hoping he would go somewhere interesting this year. Yeah. Is Israel not interesting? Uh, well, yeah, I don't watch so it as you... much. I don't watch it as much as the USL. I wanted him somewhere in the USL. <laughs> There's a soundbite for the for the USL. <laughs> the Israeli league. You don't watch it as much as USL. Right. Or like USL. You don't watch it as much as you know the Qatari league, right? <laughs> um, that's good. Yeah, so it me. reminds me of the Goose Island uh, ad campaign, the the brewery, where it's like we don't have to be the only beer you drink. We just want to be the best beer you drink. It's like we don't have to be the only soccer league you consume content of. We just want to be the one that you consume the most content of. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, but I mean, to me, look at this. New York looks good. I mean, I think you could say New York is potentially even top four in the East if they could play like that every game. I mean, they should have won by. They should have scored more than three. That should have been like a five goal game. Their defense still doesn't look great, but 
they're going to put up goals on anyone. Mm. Yeah, I forgot. A few people have said something to the, um, you know, something like Tom Barlow should have probably had five and he had two. And that's definitely true. I saw at least one where he should have put it away. It should have been easy. And so I'm actually curious if it's, if that game, I knew he got two goals, but I wonder if it's gonna he's going to come out looking a little bit bad to his coach. Maybe not. Probably not. But but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Hey, can you complain when a guy scores two in a 3-1 win? If you're Mourinho, yeah. <laughs> well, but you don't get any 2-1 wins if you're Mourinho. <laughs> okay, fair also fair. <laughs> Ryan, good trick question. You thought you had me. You didn't have me. Um, but at least more so on the Red Bulls. They had 23 shots from this game, 15 of which were on target, and they held Stuart Park to just one shot on target. Like Tony was saying, they're going to be a good side this year and at least still stay their claim as the best MLS2 team in the mm-hmm. league. Yeah. And I will, just to clarify, I will say Swope Park is probably going to have the worst year of their careers, of their existence. So I believe it, but that's not very hard. Yeah, like that's, that's hard. hard. Yeah. Like they've been really good. I know. Yeah. I know that's not a hot take. It's that a, could be like, Oh, smoke park finished like eighth and make it in the playoffs. But yeah. like, that's still the worst year they've had. It's a, it's a very strange. They're uh they're the most awkward customers. I think this year in the Eastern conference. For sure. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree with that. I mean, um, it's all they don't have any prior experience in the East. Yeah. yeah. Good segue. Hey, yeah, speaking of, mm. Phil, not only did you win against the best team ever in Indy 11, uh, it's a 2-1 victory. It's a come-from-behind victory. And uh, Fanul Kavita scored in the nicest minute. So <laughs> nice. a, w- <laughs> nice. a win all nice. around. Uh, Neville Hackshaw in the 61st. Fanul Kavita, like I said, in the 69th nice. minute. And, uh, and Russell Cicerone in the 76th. Um, Dan Kelly did have a penalty kick saved in the 59th minute, which could have you know, either made it two nothing at a point or, or, you know, saw the second goal only get you one point, but it's all three for St. Louis. You guys really don't like, uh, losing on the opening day of the season. Like maybe if every week for you guys was the opening game of the season, (laughs) things would be a lot different. Probably, probably. But, uh, no, the, the funny thing about it was the, you know, it was a PK save against Dan Kelly in the 59th. And then literally, he saved it out and passed the in line for a corner, and, um, and then, that yeah. was the free kick that went in for Hackshaw. So, <laughs> yeah, we would talk about highs and lows. You know, it happens, but um, yeah, it was really bad defending on that on that corner after an amazing PK save. So that was hard to watch, but um, the guys rallied. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, proud of them. I mean, they defended well. They played a certain game. It was the um, possession was sixty four percent to 35 st louis uh lost that by a large margin and i'm, I'm mm. not sure they cared so <laughs> <laughs> a win helps that you know yeah and i mean we did take the lead you know in the 76 and i think a lot of it ended up you know getting worse at that point as far as possession mm. so um but yeah i mean they're they're a hardy team they're gonna as long as they can get goals this year they're gonna be a really tough team that's yes. that's that's gonna be the thing if they can fix that one thing they're gonna be really really good yeah, I thought both teams at times looked a little bit funky on the defensive end. There's stuff I think both need to work out. They want to be one of the best teams in the East, mm-hmm. especially Indy, who I think both the goals came on failed clearances. You can't do that against one of the better teams in the East and expect to win games. But it'll be interesting to see how they both advance because that was not the greatest moment to go into on the first week. And 
I think we get another difficult opponent this week if I'm remembering correctly. Tennessee or Nashville is who St. Louis is playing. Sorry, are you talking about Indy Eleven on the road? Yeah, they're both some rough ones. Yeah. Mm. The other thing yeah. is uh, we gotta we gotta advertise for BGN written because I always forget which one writes um, which article. Either Richard Rich, did the recap. Thank that's what you're looking. Goodness, for. yeah, I was gonna get it wrong. So Richard wrote a recap about it, saying how um, you know India has both gone for a three four three. Uh, tactical formation, and they yeah. have a million new people coming in. Really yeah. good new people, but doing both of those, you know, a difficult formation in a 3-4-3, we're thinking, Richard's thinking, and I kind of agree with him, and having all the new people that kind of have to get used to each other. Um, they're going to be rough for a while, and he thinks there's a ticking clock on how long they can experiment around before they just solidify things, and I kind of agree with him. I thought he had some good points, so read that article if you haven't already. Andy's also missing there. Ayose, their defender, yep. who was all second league last year. So if he comes back, help him out a bit. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. That was actually St. Louis's first win on uh, opening day. They've posted a one win, two draw, two loss record in uh, opening game matches. And I just posted a trivia question into our YouTube chat if you want to guess which two teams beat St. Louis on opening day. <sighs> No. The problem is that's like the entire league. You can't just guess East or West teams. <laughs> I said it's one East and one West team. That still, still narrows it down easier. to every team. They're still playing in the league. I think you should just tell us, Ryan, because I'm interested. Louisville City and Real Monarchs. It was in 2015. Wow. Louisville in 2016 was the Monarchs. Good company there. Yep, indeed. Speaking of uh, speaking of Louisville, these are some really good. Ryan, you should do segues more often. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Louisville, uh, more like Oofville City. <laughs> Am I? Right? Well done. Uh, well done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I will take my two stars above my name. Uh, they lose four to one the North Carolina FC, uh, which is a weird one. Uh, Mario Slomas in the thirty fourth, Tommy McCabe in the fiftieth, uh, Old Rick Duello in the fifty third, Robert Christo in the eighty third. Louisville get the uh, the compilation or the uh, not the compilation goal. That'd be good. A uh, compilation. Thank you, thank you. Sunny Jane in the ninetieth minute. Uh, this was rough. It was certainly not what any of us expected. No, uh, or anyone ever, for that matter. I don't know. Do you think it's going to be a sign of things to come, or do you think no. it was a one-time, one-off? I think it's a. I think it's a one-time. Like I, th- I think, I think North Carolina had a lot of momentum coming in with with Saracan, and you know, just I, you know, they they poach uh, your man. Uh, Cam Lancaster from Louisville, and I don't, you know, Louisville has the it's the it's the title winning hangover a little bit, and and I I don't think it's going to last them terribly long, um, but yeah, this is a this is a weird one, a really nice win for North Carolina, especially if you need three points later in the season, you have them here against a a pretty formidable team. I, can't. Yeah, I don't think you, could be, you can't be too down Louisville. I mean, they were second in the league in shots. It's one of those, if they have 21 shots in the game, they're going to score more than one goal almost every week. Right. Right. 
They had trouble finishing, but their chances, a lot of their chances looked really good. Um, the, the only scary thing, so like, yeah, I think those are going to go in. I think that's what you were saying there. And the scary thing for me, though, was um, Del Piccolo had a quote at the end of the game, and I cannot find it. Um, but it basically said, we can't be this way. There were basically four mm. great counterattacks, and we gave up a goal on every single one of them. You can't do that. And so he's right. And I don't think he's even throwing his three defenders under the bus. I think he's, you know, blaming the whole team. And mm-hmm. so watch the defense. The defending was really bad. Like if I noticed it in the middle of a game before it was over, how bad it was, <laughs> then that's, you know, that's when, you know, yeah, my soccer eyes are not the best is what I'm saying there. So, um, North Carolina had the right game plan and they executed perfectly and Louisville just didn't look good on the day and, you know, just watch for those things to improve or not. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, Louisville had 21 shots from it, so it's not like they weren't contributing offensively. It's yeah. just, it just wasn't their day. The last time they were in Wake Med in 2018, it was a 2-2 draw between the two sides. It's, it's so, I mean, they have a history of having basically tough matches against NCFC down in Cary. Yeah. You can also, I mean, you can count on in the future, though, what teams are going to do against Louisville. They're going to sit back, yeah. give them the ball, try to defend well, and counter because it worked like a charm this week with, for North Carolina. Yeah, at least the first couple weeks, I think, is, is, is going to be the yeah the game plan until they adjust, and hopefully they can. Right. Hey, man, you know, listen, Phil, you and I know like tattoos hurt. So maybe Hackworth's shoulder was a little, yeah. was a little raw. He's just not been right in training ever since. Yeah. One, this two. is the first time the Wolves ever lost a season opening match. Mm. Crazy. It was weird to watch them not perform excellently. <laughs> Especially at home. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, they weren't at home. They were in North no, Carolina. No, you're right. Sorry. I mean, they'll, you know, they'll get there. I don't mm-hmm. know. North Carolina gets to raise the 4-1 banner, is what we're saying. Yep, they do. That's going to be... If everyone could just agree to not finish a game four to one this season, so I don't have to keep saying that, that'd be great. Uh, next match, guys. No, no segue. Ryan, segue me. We still have another four one <laughs> match this week, anyway. Yeah. But this match had four goals between the two of Reno two, Orange County two, and I know Pony has a lot to say on this topic. First of all, well done, Ryan. That was a yeah, perfect that was setup. Uh, Pony was not there to help you. <laughs> Pony really did not back you up. That would have oh, been... Oh, yeah, he muted himself. He took a second Oof. at the wrong time. That's Oof what happened City there. again. But still, it, from the results, uh, Brian Brown for Reno scored on the 63rd. Lindo Memphaka scored on the 68th. And then you had Orange County come back and score with Michael Seaton at the 77th. And Adam Quinn had a PK at 90 that then had the points being shared. It looks like a cold day and... Reno, but it definitely seemed like sign that Reno should have walked away with three points here rather than having to share the points with Orange County. Yeah, man, I wish Pony was right here because he was really disappointed with how OC did it. And I think he and I both rate rated them pretty highly. I think we as a as a group, yes. as a podcast, rated them highly. I think Pony might be back. So Pony, you got some more news for us on well, Reno? You know, after the fourth season of Orange of, of the OC, it really just kind of went downhill. The writing didn't seem as sharp. Or even in our team draft, OC and Reno were picked back to back, or were relatively picked back to back. Evan, they were your last pick of the first round, and they were my, and Reno was my second pick of the uh, second round. Yeah. Have at it, Tony. 
We've been told it's Griffin technical difficulties. No, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's we're, we're good again. <laughs> but I mean, this game was basically seventy minutes of Reno dominating Orange County on almost every aspect, and probably should have been up three or four nothing at that point. And then twenty minutes of Reno beating Reno. It was the two Orange County goals. One was a really bad back pass that just got picked off easy yeah. one on the one with the keeper. Then get to about stoppage time. Reno lobbed one into the box. Keeper goes up to grab it, can't quite come away with it. And when the ball falls to the ground, the keeper basically tackles the Orange County striker for a penalty kick, which led the extra goal. But the funny part of that was, I think around the 70th minute, the Reno announcers actually were talking about how Reno has given away points late last season, and announcers heard it happened right there. But this is kind of a concern for both teams for me. Because Reno has that weird inconsistency where when they're playing good, they're a really good team, but they have these lapses, especially late, as we saw last season a few times and in this game. And Orange County didn't look like they belong on the field with one of the top teams mm-hmm. on this one. I've heard people say the roster's still developing. I think they signed somebody today, even. Probably. Well, they announced someone today. Yeah. But I just, if both those teams play like that, they were my three and four. I could, I think if I was going to reorder the West today, I could pretty eat, maybe not easily, but you can make a justification that this is team number five and six instead of three and four. Because mm. both of them didn't look like real contenders. All good points. I agree with you. Hey, um, would you guys say that they were, they might end up being team nine? Oh, in the in the West because Memphis lost to Tampa Bay, and that was a game that happened. Um, I have thoughts. I will I will bestow them upon you. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, you could have watched this game for ten minutes and and basically got the whole thing. Um, found the box maker Anderson early. Tejada makes the penalty in the in the fourth minute. Um, Guanzati really should have scored in the 30th minute. Um, Caldwell came up big for, for Memphis this whole game pretty much. Um, and this was a, a really good example of that. Um, Cross comes in wide. It pretty much misses a defender or two, falls to Guinzotti, who's, who's you know, one on none with the keeper, and Caldwell is able to kind of sprawl out and make the save. Um, two minutes later, uh, Collier from Memphis almost finds the top 90 on the left side, but he, he kind of, you know, goes wide with it on a curler. Um, 55th minute Caldwell bails out the defense again, uh, Zach Steinberger with a, with a nice little, you know, heel flick off of a, a Kayla Richards cross. Tampa was having a good bit of success. It looked like getting balls out wide and then, and then feeding them back in, uh, to the middle. And Phil, you, you boy rushed Sharpie. I'm a fan with, uh, with two pretty good chances. Uh, I think he's uh, the best on. player on that team and he's not by far. He's not the best known. But we, yeah, we played him in preseason, and I thought he was one of the better players on the field. 66th minute, um, 20 yards out, McCarthy saves it. And then uh, 72nd was probably his better choice or better chance of the two, rather. Um, like, pretty clean header, just pushes it wide to the far post. Um, I don't know how I feel about him being their best attacking player, but he was. Yeah. So, um, Memphis with a lot of possession, shots advantage, but you know they only had one shot on goal. 
Um, and you got to do something with those looks. So the Rowdies, good three points, especially being a road win, um, which is you know something that they need to be taken seriously as a contender this year in the East. So here's hoping, I guess. I noticed Opano didn't come on till the end. I was only I was slightly surprised at that. But what is what does Tampa look like in general to you? Um, uh, fine. Like it's been one week, so right. I, yeah, I don't it's really... hard to say. Yeah, it's it's difficult, but um, you know, we'll figure it out. I like it'll be interesting if if they're only able to win by like one or two goals a game because I don't think that's what anyone's really expecting. Um, I think Memphis was a decent test for them, but I do think there's better teams in the East um, that I'd rather see Tampa play than than an expansion team in their first week with some jitters. So we'll we'll see. Give me a minute. We'll we'll figure it out. Memphis itself, like from what I've seen of them, which isn't a lot, um, but I think they're going to have to live on, thrive on defending well and being athletic from what I've seen. And so I do think they'll steal plenty of games this year, but I'm not sure any of them will be necessarily like pretty, pretty wins. They're definitely going to be a hard out. I don't know if they're going to steal wins, um, but I don't think they're going to be bottom of the East by any stretch for sure. No, see, I, I'm worried they might be, but it's again too early. Really? Too early to say. Yeah, I do. I do. Hmm. I thought they were going to be bottom of the East before this week, but after watching the game, I think they're still going to be good, but they're going to be the worst team. I think there's teams that have far more red flags and initially looked for. Mm-hmm. Nice. Next game, uh, Pogba in action. Atlanta United 2 played hard for Athletic. They won 2 nothing. Um, I was surprised to see him down there. I know, I know. <laughs> that one game loan to Atlanta United 2. Uh, Frank DeBoer has connections, guys. Listen. <laughs> it might uh, be long The joke term. is Atlanta United 2, their number 20, Florentine Pogba. And it's kind of the Pogba number 2. Maybe. I think he's older, Maybe. but yeah. yeah. Two goals here for uh, for Atlanta United. Two John Gallagher with the first in the thirtieth minute. Uh, Brandon Vasquez in the eightieth. Possession favors Atlanta. Um, goals favor Atlanta. Obviously, shots about the same. Seventeen to fifteen. Eight to six on target favor Atlanta. Um, you know, we'll see. First Atlantic was really lucky. I was talking about when it was uh, the shot was. Blocked by the Harper defense and it fell right in the path of the Atlantic game making a run at the goal. Or an easy, easy goal. But I mean, like, this is like the last game. I don't think either of these teams are really good. I think mm-hmm. the either one makes the playoffs. It's don't have the quality up and down. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Charleston Battery won. Ottawa Fury won. Uh, in a game attended by, matter of fact, uh, my parents, who were, <laughs> who were on vacation in Charleston, South Carolina this weekend and randomly went to this game. That's incredible. So, that makes me really it's happy. It's a good city. It's a great city. It looked really cute. Uh, no, but they uh, they went there. Really pretty stadium. They said so the fans go crazy when their team scores and like doesn't shut up about it, which was, which was a positive by the way, um, Oliviera in the fifth minute, Carl Hayworth does all the work, you know, a little layoff ball to Oliviera who does not have to do a whole lot, but he does enough. Um, 
And uh, an interesting one. 19th minute, Higashi with a really nice chance. Monsalve is able to save, but spills it. And uh, Pidget or Pigot uh, follow up, bangs it in. There is some deliberation, and he is called offside. There is no great angle on this one because press box camera. But um, it, it looked like he was a, he was a step, a fraction off. Uh, it's all right. Battery tie. It's Fantessen. 65th minute taps in a nice rebound after Anunga finds Higashi. Higashi probably uh, like unlucky maybe to not score two here. But at the same time, you, you really can't hit those chances uh, just really hard. You got to pick your spots. And I don't think he uh, he did that necessarily here against uh, the Fury. And uh, Ottawa kind of steals one away against Charleston. I don't think anyone really expected this result out of this match. But, um, you know, if, if Charleston want to make uh, MUSC a, a fortress like they have in years past, they got to clean up those chances and put, put some goals in. So I, I talked to some friends about Ottawa, and they said they were more possession-oriented. I didn't have time to catch that game, even though I need to be watching them since I'm so high on, on them. But did you find that to be true? They had 53% possession for this yeah. game, but were outshot 11-6. Mm, yeah, that's actually exactly what I was worried about. I was a little worried that they would be too possession-oriented and not enough attack per se, you know, because they you know. That's what Swope would look like under the same coach sometimes. Mm-hmm. But that's something that can improve over time. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's weird doing doing shows like this one weekend because it's like yeah, that caveat's gonna apply to everybody. I know. Right? I keep I keep wanting to read into everything, and it's just you can't you can't do yeah, that yet. Maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> so. Uh, Ryan, segue me again. I enjoy these. Next fixture, or fixture, we can head into the uh, mid or kind of the central part of the Western Conference with Portland and Tulsa. Yeah. Kev, any thoughts on how Portland performed in their opener? Huh? What? I'm here. We're talking soccer, right? Yep. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> There's some soccer. No, I didn't watch it. What was the score? Well, one one one. between them and Tulsa. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> oh, I man, I thought you were joking. Nope, I actually didn't watch it. And I don't get the communication email, so I also actually didn't know what the score was. Okay, speaking of teams who probably didn't watch, the fans of Loden probably did not see their team lose to Nashville 2-0 at the uh, first opening match of the season. Killing it. Killing it. Um, hey guys, Nashville's good at soccer again, except that one moment that Jason tweeted out. See, yeah. I was gonna make the exact opposite argument. I, I did not like Nashville in this game because I mean, hey man, they won, yeah, but you're playing what's kind of the consensus worst team in the league, and I am really scared they have that problem last year. They can't finish, and they had the fifth most shots in the league. You can't only score two against it's probably a bad team. And Lynn actually had a couple of decent enough chances. Where that was, that was the problem with Nashville last year, is they could not finish. And it looks like the same Nashville this year. So, far. I mean, if they were playing a strong team, they might have been in some trouble. Maybe it's first week jitters, maybe it was bad luck, but they could be in for a rough season 
if this is their typical performance. Well, rough meaning for them, probably like 30, but the talent's there. It's just not as good as I hoped. I didn't see a team that I think is yet not the best team in the league on the first week when they're playing a team who they want to demonstrate the power probably should have beat like 5 nothing. Yeah. You're not wrong. But it, it, there is something to winning, you know, or getting up to 2-0 two, two and then sitting back because you know you're good enough. I mean, St. Louis does it all the time. But... I, I don't. I don't. I do think you have a good point there. They definitely should have crushed them more than they did. We'll see how it plays out again. <laughs> yeah. I, so, like, I mean, I I've been covering slash a fan of a team that was a two team for an MLS side in their first year, uh, and it can be interesting. Uh, I, I think some of what. Uh, James Chambers and, and a couple of the guys on the, on the 2016 steel team said where it's like the position or the role that they said I was going to have and the role that I ended up having were different. And that was kind of off putting, like that might very well be the case, um, for Loudon United. Um, I, I think, uh, Loudon's goal this year is just going to be to have everyone spell their name, right? That's a, that's a big hurdle to get over. DC too. That second, that second U at the end there really kills everybody. You know what? I'm just going to say it. My goal for Loudon is for them to be in League One next year. Get out of here. I'm, I'm always the one saying this it's crap. It's one game, man. Gosh. Just try if you're going to be in the championship. Listen, they're going to play Hartford or something and win, and then you're going to feel bad. I won't feel bad. You, no, you'll feel terrible. Hartford's trying, okay? I'll feel bad for Hartford if they lose to Loudon. <laughs> Get right, out. Not, not exactly what I meant. Um, why are you having so mentioning the title of a movie? Because they may end up in Carolina soon. What's that? Say that again, Ryan. I missed that. I'm sorry. Hartford's having stadium problems with uh, Dylan Stadium being delayed. They may end up in Carolina soon. Oh, yeah. There's oh, been a... that was good. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot well, that, that was Carolina happening. Hurricanes joke. <laughs> But at least tossing it into the next match. Definitely probably one of the more intriguing ones, the ones with the most goals of the week. And San Antonio 3, Phoenix Rising 3. It was. Solomon Asante is my favorite actor. Oh, no. Yeah, I forgot about the flop. Yeah, a little... Uh, Floppity flop. Little overcaturated. Uh, just bring it, the movie, Solomon Asante, because he loves to dance on the floor. <laughs> bring it, the movie, he says. Yeah, the flop was ridiculous. But I, I think he was being targeted, though, so I think the flop was, like, equal to the amount of, you know, being taken out. Yeah, yeah. I'm not getting my call. Let me make sure the referee knows yeah. that I'm, you know, <laughs> getting hacked. But for guys like that, I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, there, I mean, there's leagues all over the world where guys get hacked like that and don't get calls. You know, like Harry Kane's one and... Um, any of those like kind of bigger, you know, guys that can hold, I think the more you're able to hold up defenders and hold up play, the less likely you are to get those calls because the ref is just used to you being a physical forward. If that makes sense. Yeah. I hate that whole thing, but it's a thing. 
Steven Hernandez <laughs> said something that was smart. That it was rough to watch, but after after Asante went down, sorry, I'm going back to the Asante thing. But after he flopped, um, he wasn't hard fouled after that, so it worked. It's interesting. Yeah, these are two of the best teams in the world. I mean, after San Antonio was down there last year, I kind of want to see how they bounce back, and they bounce back in a good way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they gave up three goals and. We're still speaking defensive team, but you're playing Phoenix, who we all have basically the runaway to win the West. Yeah, but, but like San Antonio was kind of out out playing them. Um, they looked good. They looked like world beaters. You know, not world beaters, but USL. You know, league beaters. Um, I thought they. I was surprised at how good they looked. A lot of that, I think, might be Billy Forbes with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I know. I mentioned you know Orange County probably. Drop out of three four. This is one of the things I think can move up pretty easily. They had a good first weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they had them seven before the season started in the West. I think they could easily steal maybe the fourth seed. They play this good every week. Yeah, they can move to like fourth if they play this good every week. I agree. I, I think they looked that good, and that because that's saying a lot. So. It'll be fun to watch these two teams moving forward to see if the defense is shaky or if the offense is that good. Yeah, agree. Next match of the week. Ryan, do the thing. Continuing to the Western Conference, we have one of the more intriguing expansions of New Mexico United 1, Fresno 1. It was with a packed house at Isotopes Park of basically 12,000. And I thought it was like a fantastic crowd to see like everyone with the uh, yellow flags waving and it looked like a decent atmosphere. I think my only like marks against it would be like, I wish the camera angle was different and that they added more crowd noise. But I guess one of the other like minor highlights of the game was uh, David Carl at halftime. Did you guys see that interview that I sent you guys in the group chat? Yes. Oh, I missed it. What happened? Tell me more. So apparently they were going to interview uh, the leader of the curse there, and they actually got the wrong guy. Oh no! <laughs> so it's like, do you want me to like go get the actual guy? And like they actually like it was like ten seconds on air. It's like they were just waiting to get the other guy. Hmm. Yeah, David Carl was the uh, name, but no, it was a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, Devon Sandoval got the one goal for uh, New Mexico. Larry Jackson with the one for Fresno, and, and I'm. I thought the biggest surprise of this was that Fresno outshot New Mexico. I mean, we talked about all of it going into this game and how New Mexico was going to be the strong offensive side. And then Chris Weehan had three shots. Anthony Mauer had four. Estrada and Devin Sandoval each just had one shot. Hmm. Yo, I'm not saying that I called Devin Sandoval being a big deal last week, but uh, go back and listen to the show. Throwing it out there. Yeah, New Mexico is one of the teams to me that I'm a little bit scared after their first week. I think this was I mean, their home opener against a team who didn't do all that great last year. It seemed like a game they should show up and prove they're going to be a top team in the West. Maybe Fresno is better than I thought, but I kind of get flashbacks to me saying Fresno is going to be good last year as an expansion team, and then they were. I'm a little nervous New Mexico might be following the same thing. We're on paper, yeah, it's good, but when they actually get into the spotlight, something just doesn't quite click where they're still decent, but not the world burners that a lot of us thought they were going to be. Hmm. Well, the big story um, is that they had 12,896 attending. Yeah. That's awesome. That's incredible. 
So they're going to have a fun fun environment. I hope it keeps coming. They keep second, that number. The second week is uh, actually the uh, I'll mention them uh I think I think twice on this show, but the uh the Birmingham backline guys uh didn't know that they had a sellout on their hands until they got to the stadium and their uh, their ticket office said that they had a sellout. And I guess at first they went, okay, which you sold out the section with the, with the good beer. Uh, and then, no, 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 we sold out the whole thing. And then I guess one of the owners went, you know, the second week is always, uh, is always harder than the first. So we'll see. Uh, but I thought that was a, uh, bit of a funny caveat from those gents. Um, which, uh, yeah, other Western Conference action, other expansion team action, El Paso, uh, one, Oklahoma City Energy, three. Guys, does this uh, change how we feel about either of these teams, or does this kind of validate the hype that Oklahoma City had? Pony, I'm sure you have thoughts about this. This is kind of what I expected. I mean, I, Oklahoma City, they did look decent again, but I think El Paso we all had as like a bottom three team in the West. So it's not a high bar to us. It's more of a, they prove their competency of their team who can compete. I'd like to see Oklahoma city moving forward. They look, like I said, they look good this week. I want to see them do the same thing to a team that actually could compete for a playoff spot. And even for a championship before I get behind the wagon, before I get behind the bandwagon on them. Yeah. Because if this was like a draw, that would be red flags all over for Oklahoma City. Sure. Even on the road, even against a team's inaugural home opener, you have to be a team who just doesn't look that great. Yeah. Uh, uh, I had it, lost it. Oh, yeah, this is a fun one. Colorado Springs with a big win over uh, LA Galaxy Two or Los Dos. It was the it's the Mike Seth and Shane Malcolm show. Um, this is the team I'm getting my bandwagon hooked up to. Is Colorado Springs? If Seth and Malcolm can can find each other like this, then I, I don't see why not. Um, tenth minute, Mike Seth uh, off a corner, kind of heads the ball back across the grain uh, towards the far post. I. From the camera angle, it looked like his effort was going to go in. Um, but as I referred to it, Shane Malcolm scores from podcast host range of about a foot and a half, uh, especially with the head. That's that's podcast host range. Um, 47th minute, uh, Seth to Malcolm. And Malcolm, I think uh, the stats and the the play-by-play, if you if you scroll down on the, on the match page on the website, uh, say that this was a shot and a save and then like a, uh, a rebound. But I, I think Malcolm might've just touched it and pushed it behind uh, or beyond the keeper um, and taps in from there. And uh, the third goal really put it away. 57th minute uh, former Nashville FC or SC fullback uh, Isla Jome, I think, uh, Gets the ball out wide, burns his man, fine Burt's. It's a, it's another tap in for Colorado Springs. They had another one. Listos gets, uh, or sorry, Listos gets one back, and then Colorado scores one in stoppage time. It's a very convincing four-one win against Listos. But uh, if you remember from last year, LA Galaxy two cannot play defense. So, yeah. Alvarez is too busy with the first team now, so that they lost that on a production. 
Yeah, they lost Ethan Zubak as well. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, really no excuses. It's kind of just more of the same from Los Dos. Um, if you want to watch for the kids, uh, is it Kobe Hernandez Foster, I believe his last name, was playing left back, and he's 15. And he made some defensive mistakes, but he also did look pretty good looking for, uh, going forward. So um, that's a kid to watch. He, he did pretty well, all things considered, for his first game in the USL. Colorado Springs hosting Sacramento next week might be one of the games of the week. Yeah. Might be, yeah. That'll be a really good game. Everyone should go watch that. Between that and Nashville, St. Louis, I think, are the two big ones. That's a perfect segue into the next match of Sacramento 1, Real Monarchs 1. Yeah. Yeah, this was kind of both teams proving their good teams. Monarchs took an advantage in the first half off a penalty, softish, but still a penalty penalty. One of those where the guy gets some sort of contact in the box and just goes down like a bag of bricks and drew the call. In second half, Sucker made some adjustments and looked the better attacking half, but equalizing late, they split points. Which, being from Sacramento, I'm not at all upset with that since the Monarchs tend to beat Sacramento, and the Monarchs almost always start season very, very hot now over the last over the first 10 games the last two seasons they won 17 of the 20 combined just open up so the monarchs they're going to be good to start the season and we'll see if they could maintain it this year the only thing to fade is the season gets slept at the halfway and two-thirds point but right now i have no problem calling the monarchs one of the better teams out west same with sacramento it's just proves you have two solid teams playing. They don't give up a lot of ground. They have their highest lows we don't need to improve on, but there's no reason either of these teams should miss playoff at all, and no. they both should be competing for the top four spots. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Two more matches this week. Um, it was, what, Austin and Vegas, right? Vegas didn't follow through on their guaranteed win, so oh, next oh, that's right. It's oh. free tickets. <laughs> and that next match for Vegas, if I can find it. But yeah, they just didn't follow through on the guaranteed win. They did have the fireworks that started to kick off, which was kind of neat. But yeah, the next home match for Vegas is against Real Monarchs on March 30th. They hopefully better not make that guarantee. Again, yeah, I was going to say, does the guarantee just keep rolling over? And so <laughs> like, what happens? Because that's probably uh, some more some more free tickets. Have they thought about shooting off the fireworks mid-game? I'm sure yeah, that's I, not necessarily legal, but I mean... I've seen fireworks well going off while games are going, and so I think it is legal, actually. I've oh, definitely wow, seen wow. that. Yeah. No, in the UK, you can run on the field and punch someone in the face and be fine. So, I can't I mean, remember what game it was, but it was um, it was like their first game. Was it Birmingham was setting them off while the game was going? I feel like that oh, happened. Listen, if you just say like, oh, you know, the, we didn't the ref the ref started the game early. You know, that would have been the queue would have been fine and we would have been through. But uh, you know, they started early and. Shoot him off the first half game. hour and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll do it on purpose. Like Alan, Alan's saying, they're going to set him off in the ninth 
to ninth minute to celebrate nine wins or whatever the hell. Yeah, you want to choose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like Someone's that a lot. Being optimistic. Well, yeah. I mean, well, and that's what I, that's the only thing I was gonna say is that I thought Vegas was gonna be pretty solid, and and unless Austin is really good or decently good at defending, then uh, I'm not sure I was right in saying that. Yeah, I agree. I'm a little bit concerned about that Vegas. Was, I thought they're gonna be better. Yeah. Oh, well, they still got that Toronto win. They always have Toronto. They still have Ronaldo as their head coach. That's right. That's for everything. <laughs> it's hand in the field now. Yeah. Still have Ronaldo as their head coach, but if they need True, to he's not been fired yet. They need to score soon. I still have first game, but they'll need to score soon to keep them happy. Let's move on to that last one. Evan, uh, Bethlehem yeah, Steel win 2-0 uh, to zero against Birmingham in their first game ever. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and our dear friend Ben Wright with a, with a gift that got some traction. And then I saw it, you know, in 800 other places this last two days, which has been kind of crazy. So hot. Um, it was on the Art Soccer subreddit, which is amazing for exposure for the league. Yeah. Shaman had to have been a, a an MLS two side, right, guys? Um, <laughs> I'm not no, surprised uh, though. Not at all surprised. Uh, Prisbaco gets the first goal. He, you know, it's corner comes in from Matt Real, uh, goes all the way through, finds the other side. I think Diaz whips in a second ball. Prisbaco heads it. It's a good save by the Birmingham keeper, and then uh, the second attempt is is tucked in by Casper, the friendly striker. Yes, I've been sitting on that for. <laughs> five months now. Thanks everybody. I'm glad we all know my sense of humor. I appreciate it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, second goal is, is, uh, is a nice little fine Matt real to Zach Zandi. And, uh, you can see why the union really wanted to pull that kid out of college. He hits a nice little curler from 20 yards. Uh, he makes the team of the week for USL, which is exciting. Um, and then in the yeah in the seventy fifth minute I think it was Anthony Fontana and James Chambers uh, with a incredibly pretty passage of play and then Diaz kind of flicks it down the Fontana in stride and it was it was good uh, Birmingham backline guys uh, said that you know Birmingham seemed to be the better team for the first half and I'll agree with that for the most part so no complaints there. Interestingly enough, they mentioned the lack of touches that Chandler Hoffman got, um, and I agree with that as well. I think he's going to be a big part of that Birmingham offense, obviously. I mean, that's like the marquee guy that they signed. Um, and him not getting involved like it is with you know a lot of teams that have one big name offensively that's supposed to carry a lot of the weight doesn't end very well. Um, but shout out to uh, to Benefimo. I thought he played a really good game. I think Matt Real did well from, from down from the first team. I think Anthony Fontana played a great game. And uh, all those new kids in the youth internationals and stuff were impressive and a, uh, a welcome surprise of a 2-0 no win from, from Bethlehem Steel. Um, good on uh, everyone in, in the college football capital of the world to, to come out 8,000-something strong, almost 9,000 strong for a, uh, a football game. <laughs> and the um, college football capital of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the college, sorry, not the college soccer capital of the world, the college football, because like Alabama. I mean, the state, yeah, but Alabama plays in Tuscaloosa and okay. in Birmingham. Okay, for, yep, you go to school in <laughs> South Carolina. Yeah, I, I got, uh, okay. 
Nice to get dunked on by people that live in the South every once in a while, you know? You know, it's just good. It feels good. Um, yeah, no, I, Birmingham will be fine. I, I I really like their everything, to be honest. I think it's a, it's a really smart way they kind of stage that field when they're playing and, and things like that. I, I, they're doing a good job down there, and I wish them uh, the best of luck. I'm just very glad that Chandler Hoffman did not get hot um, this week. And I will say shout-out to uh, to Matt Freeze on his first professional start as well as his first professional shout-out, I believe. Yeah, I want to say, too, that they were kind of the more dangerous team, at least in the first, but I would say more in the first 30 minutes. Um, but they got themselves into real dangerous positions, and then they kind of seemed like they didn't know quite what to do with it. An extra pass or, or two, yeah. Yeah, like, seemed like exactly. Exact one more pass or two, and they would have been, you know, Hoffman's gonna put it away if they can figure that out. So and again, it takes time. Hopefully they have the players to figure that out. Uh, I'm not certain. Oh, I thought they, they should do. have pulled the trigger early when they were on offense. Sorry. Say again? I thought they should have pulled the trigger on offense. Oh, you're saying less passes. Yeah, less passes. Just shoot it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Especially against like especially against a team like like Bethlehem's makeup where their average age is like twenty, except for James Chambers, Mm. who, you know, rolled the clock back a little bit in that passage of play. But like if you have a team and you know their keepers young or you know their keepers inexperienced like that, like shoot. I could see it, especially so the left winger for them, um, I thought was really dangerous. And, you know, I think you're probably right if he had taken a few more shots because he probably could have gotten five to six, five to seven more, I think, in this game if he really just went went for it. So you might be right. You might be right. I would have liked one more pass from him to Hoffman because we all know what Hoffman can do. But either way, I, uh, I think either way could have helped. We'll have to see if they can figure that out. But the other thing about it, too, was you you did get a feeling that I think Bethlehem Steel was the best two-side that plays the kids this this weekend. I thought they looked pretty solid. And, you know, they did get themselves into trouble early several times, but once they kind of got their feet under them, you could see kind of like the professionalism take over, and I feel like that's what made them so dominant in this game is they really didn't yeah. give the other team many bites past just, you know the 30th minute or so. So, yeah. And maybe some of that with his athleticism as well, but that still that counts, you know. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely shaping up to be the most athletic team. I think that Bethlehem or Chester, or whatever the hell has ever seen, um, and that's going to be exciting for sure. And they pretty much have um, like moving trees as center backs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that's going to be scary, um, and they're both fast too, which is just upsetting. <laughs> Um, and anytime you have a, a, a white kid from Delaware hitting two roulettes and then laying a, a pass off and then getting it right back, you know you have a an interesting <laughs> season ahead of you. Yeah, people have been down on Fontana because of his performance in the, uh, was it U20? Yeah. Um, CONCACAF Gold Cup. Um, yep. He made up for that in this game for sure. For sure. Yeah. he's It's, it's there. Yeah, he looked good. You just got to... I, I, my problem with him, sorry everyone, but is is that like he's a little narrow in terms of what he does. Like I, I feel like you have to kind of like specifically take him aside and go, "Hey, you're doing this, and that's great." And I think him being next to a guy like Jambo is is 
works wonders for him because James can kind of go, hey, you know, if we get into this position, you know, give me the ball back or hook it forward or whatever. Um, but I mean, that's a whole nother tangent that I can go on that I won't. <laughs> uh, guys, before uh, before I let you get your plugs in and we get out of here, uh, if, if you have any final thoughts, let me know. Um, suppose I'll start with Pony. Um, I guess no final thoughts. Looking forward to a few good games next week. And I'm annoyed they always start at 4 p.m. Pacific on Friday, so we have to work early or miss, half, miss the first half on these games. But you could always find me on Twitter at the new handle because I yep. finally decided to actually do it. It's at USL underscore Pony. Thank you for picking one of the weeks I finally get asked by someone in the front office about your bloody former name. It's a very simple story. It's like a port brand between two puns. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Phil. Phil Grooms on Twitter, two L's, two O's. STL Soccer Report is going to have a show this week, believe it or not. It's, it'll be a wow. crossover with um, the Speedway Soccer Boys with Slate, so that should be fun. Oh, I love them. I know them. They're mm-hmm. good people. Mm-hmm. The evil empire. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, your your information, por favor. You can follow me on Twitter at ILM underscore Ryan. Just mainly tweeting about soccer. Right on. Um, hey, if uh, if you want to follow the show, uh, you can do that at the USL show, surprisingly enough, on the Twitter. Uh, also, the USL show.com if you want to check out our website on there. Link to our Patreon. Uh, also find a, a, a blue and orange box and or a gray and gray box. If you're colorblind for Soccer Loco, go check those guys out. Pick up your, I don't know, um, Sergio Aguero kit after that mad Panenka that he scored in a penalty in a Champions League quarterfinal second leg. That was some good stuff. Uh, it was really good. It was really good. What is pressure? I don't know. It's because he met Drake, really, guys. That's all that matters. Uh, if you want to follow me or any of the things that I do uh, at Speak Evan Speak, I will also do a really cheap plug for my Philadelphia Union podcast I just launched on the, on the Beautiful Game Network podcast called Views from the Bridge with my dear friends Paul Catrino, Justin Ashcraft, and Mongols, and uh, and Chuck Booth. We've been doing Philadelphia Union based things for like uh, a while, and we got tired of people saying you can't do that, so we're doing it short and sweet and to the point. Um, at Speak Evan Speak on Twitter, if you want to if you want to follow me or whatever, hear my words. What's that? Don't forget Kev. Kev. Uh, What's up? Came, PDX, I think is, yep. is your handle, right? That's correct. Yeah. Check that out. Do the things. Um, yeah. So until next week, thanks for listening. Thanks for, for joining us. Uh, I'm trying to think if I missed anything. I think we're good. Yeah, we got it. So until next week, we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about week two of the USL championship regular season. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are at the USL show on Twitter. Like I said, until next week, uh, we only have one rule around here. And that rule is, uh, is don't be a dick. Take care, everybody.